Thank you for joining us on Once Upon a Movie Podcast, where we discuss movies we loved from the 80s, 90s, and early 2000s. We re-watch them and see how well they withstood the test of time. to Once Upon a Movie Podcast. We are glad to be back, and we have quite the treat for you this week. It is a well-loved, well-remembered movie for most people. Some people, not so much. We'll get into them later. But as usual, we're your hosts. I'm Brad. I'm Katie. And Katie, I've, I've got some things to say about Terminator 2. There there's there's a few a few things that that really stand out to me and you know we're gonna, we're going to discuss uh, I I've got some questions for you. So, but first, you know, I've mentioned before uh not not on the show but to you and and to some of my friends that my dad made some poor decisions regarding movies that he let me see when I was way too young to see them. Um you know, Child's Play, The Howling, Robocop, to name a few. This was a movie that he took me to see in the theaters. I was about seven, so not quite as inappropriate as watching Child's Play at five years old. But in this case, I'm glad he did. It it really stands out to me today as, you know, a, a core memory and the the effects. I mean, this movie came out in 1991. Yeah, it had really good effects. That's one of the coolest parts about this movie, I think. I, I remember, uh, you know, the, the T-1000 was, you know, everything that they did with him was... Yeah, liquid metal. Oh, it, it, it was... It was top-notch at, at the time i remember last week i i said i remember watching the fifth element as what i would imagine some people would have watched star wars in 77 because it was such a uh visual spectacular I, I, is what i said multiple times but this one this one really stood out this was kind of a turning point uh in in special effects that's not really surprising, considering who directed it, James Cameron. You know, he, you know, he directed, he he co-wrote, uh, and he's constantly pushed the envelope when it comes to special effects, at least when it comes to CGI. Um, Subnote: As much as I prefer practical effects to computer-generated ones, um, Cameron is one of the few who seems to be able to pull it off in in a stellar way with. I mean, with a pedigree like his, I mean, Terminators 1 and 2, The Abyss, Titanic, Avatar. I mean, every one of those were, were staples and a step up in visual effects in movies. I think that Terminator 2 is one of the like most expensive movies made in the 90s. Really? Because of the special effects. <laughs> that, that kind of that makes sense. It had had a budget of a hundred two million dollars. A hundred two million dollars. Yeah, and it made five hundred and twenty million dollars. 
the box office. So that that <laughs> they that didn't do like, too shabby. That, that, that seems like a, a home run for yeah. for all involved. Almost like they might even consider making a, a slew of a slew of sequels. <laughs> Maybe a television show. Oh man, I loved that television show. And and you know what? We we actually might mention that here in, here in a sec because let's bring bring this into one of the questions that I wanted to ask you. But, you know, I'm, I've brought some visual aids. Okay, so let's discuss the different Terminator models. Because, I, I mean, this is, it's just such a cool concept. One, robots, they, they kick ass. Robots trying to kill you. I mean... <laughs> robots traveling back in time. It, 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 yeah, yeah. So, yeah, we're going, we're going back to time travel with this one. But, all right, so check this out. Here we have the, the Rev-9 model. Uh, from Terminator Dark Fate, which is the most recent installment. And, you know, it's kind of cool, a little kind of bare bones, uh, a little more stripped down than the model that Very we're used skeletal. to Very skeletal. Yes, it, more skeletal than, than you know, what we're used to. Um, oh, there was, there was this guy, uh, John Connor from the second to newest movie, Terminator Genesis. And he was the T-3000. That was the one that, instead of made, made of liquid metal, he was man, made out of um, nanobots. Mm. Do you remember that guy? Mm -hmm. uh, that, I mean, that. I just think it's so neat how, how they make little twists on, on just, just to change it up. Uh, we've got the T-600-700, which is, I think is kind of a predecessor of... Looks like a dude in yeah. a outfit it kind of reminds me of um have you ever seen the movie house the horror movie uh not in a long time okay. i really don't remember we'll have to revisit that but um his his you know his big war buddy comes back and haunts him and he's all like rat raggedy looking and and this this reminds me of of that guy um here we have the C Series H, and first spoiler alert, uh, if you haven't seen Terminator Salvation, um, you can stop listening now. Or let's just not spoil the TV show. No, this isn't the, sp this isn't the TV show. This is from Terminator Salvation. Uh, oh. That's the fourth one. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You, do you, you remember that one now? Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. So... All right, I, I, I will, you know what? We won't spoil it. Uh, Katie knows what I'm talking about. So here we go. Catherine Weaver, the T-1001. Yes, Shirley Manson. Shirley Manson. And uh, she was different than the T-1000 because she was one number better. All right, so we have um, the T-900. That was Cameron from from the TV show. And... and this is a step above Arnold. Mm -hmm. Okay, so you know, basically, it's it's the two point We've got the T one from Terminator three. Have you seen Terminator three? Yeah, I've seen all the Terminators. It's just a matter of how well I remember them. Okay, so so this this is kind of like like the prototype that you know this was supposed to be the first Terminator ever um, in present day in that movie. Uh, it just kind of reminds me of a cross between um, Baymax from Big Hero 6 and Ed 209. 
Yeah. <laughs> We've got the TX from Terminator 3, which I thought was really cool because it was like a T-1000, except, uh, I don't know if you remember, but in Terminator 2, uh, John Connor says something along the lines of, oh, why doesn't he just turn into a bomb and blow me up? And uh, uh, Arnold says that he can't do that because bombs require complex parts and he can't do anything you know all the t-1000 can do are knives and blades and things like that right the tx um can do all that you know in this picture here she is it looks like she's got a welder's torch on the end of her hand yeah so that that's pretty cool like she is a swiss army knife of terminator as bad as that movie may have been i think that might have been one of the best terminators in concept you know i'm, I'm not going to say it was the best performance. Here we go. Your T-1000. boy. Your boy Robert Patrick has the T-1000. Yep. Uh, you know, I don't need to say anything. You know exactly what he does. I think this is one of yes, the Terminators that we've good, seen more good. than anything else. There's one more model that we've seen more than this guy, though. Ready? Boom. T-800. T-800. It's Arnold. Um... Okay, so there you go. A list of Terminators. Which one do you think is the coolest? Which one do you think is the worst? Um, probably the Baymax one <laughs> is the worst one. Um, but I mean, that's the first one, so you can only get better from the first. True. Uh, I like the idea that um, the Resistance sent back, like a crappier model to protect John Connor <laughs> against the like super one. Yeah. yeah but but yeah. I mean, cause they had to do what they, they, they only yeah. had what they had. So, well, yeah. And, and you know, I'm, I'm sure, you know, they, they could hack the, the T 800, um, but not so much the, not not so much, you know, the T-1000. I mean, where would you even plug in a cord to the T-1000? <laughs> don't answer that. <laughs> I don't want to know. Um, but yeah, no, and, and that lends itself to that kind of... The cool thing about the Terminator series... Now, it's less present in Terminator 2, which I don't even know if we mentioned that that's what we're watching. But you, if you haven't guessed yet, we're watching Terminator 2 this week. You told them. Okay, good. Um... You know, just like kind of that, dare I say, kind of cyberpunk, kind of hacky aspect to the resistance in the future. You know, there's a lot of future shots in the first Terminator. Mm -hmm. um, salvation takes place in the future. Um, and various other movies have, have, and the TV show have the flashback scenes. But it always kind of reminded me of... You know the, um, you know the resistance in the Matrix. Which wait a minute, there's a lot of similarities, huh? Matrix, Terminator. Yeah. Machines taking over the world. You know yeah. that this takes place like Skynet taking over is only seven years in the future from today. So, right now, this year, two thousand twenty-two. Do you think that it could be possible that whatever turns into Skynet, Skynet? exist today yeah yep dare dare we dare we speak its name no no, 
No. We respect our robot overlords here at Once Upon a Time. Once Upon a Movie Podcast. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Look at that. They've got me quivering so bad I can't even speak properly. Okay. I've, I've got this for you. This is a little bit of trivia, but it, it, it's more into, you know, we're talking about things that we remember about the movie. Um, this movie features a small cameo from Danny Cooksey. Do you know who Danny Cooksey is? I do not. Right there in the hat? Yeah, I see him. You see him? Who played Bobby Butnick from Salute Your Shorts. Oh, Butnick. Yeah, he, he was John's friend in the beginning. I know. Yeah, yep. Yeah. I totally. Mm-hmm. I remember now. Every time it's like, oh my God, it's Butnick. <laughs> <laughs> I was a very big fan of Salute Your Shorts. Oh, yes. It's like one of my most favorite shows. Um, and I was looking at his filmography. There's not too much more that stands out, but he did do some voice acting work on uh, Ren and Stimpy. Um, I couldn't find who he did, but it was credited on that. He was on Tiny Toon Adventures. He did the voice for Montana Max. Mm. Do you know who was almost cast as the Terminator? As the Terminator? Yeah. Um, uh, okay. Terminator came out, what, mid-80s, right? Big action star in the 80s that isn't Arnold. Yep, it was Jim Carrey. <laughs> um, okay, now, I realize you're joking right now, but what was, was that like the, were you setting up for that, or? No, I, there is somebody. Was it Stallone? No, it was Mel Gibson. No. Yeah, it was. It was Mel Gibson. The Road Warrior. The Road Warrior himself. Oh my goodness. But you know what? I'm glad. The Patriot? It, I'm glad it was Arnold. Braveheart? Yeah, Braveheart. Wow. I, I, I can't I, even imagine I, I not being Arnold, so definitely not. No. No, yeah, I, 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 I can't. Not only can I not imagine it being Arnold... I can't possibly imagine this franchise with Mel Gibson. And, and, no. and, and don't get me wrong, I mean, no. I like Mel Gibson. Like, I, or, well, I mean, I like his mm-hmm. movies. I don't know the guy personally, but um, like, there's a lot of stuff that he's in that I really like, and he does what he does really well. I don't think this would be one of them. I mean, you know, maybe that's why he didn't get the part, or did he turn down the part? I'm not sure. He I, he might have turned it down. Okay, so I was asking you earlier about who your favorite Terminator is. All right. Yep. I'm gonna I'm gonna lay out. No, I, I'm not gonna lay out my my favorite Terminator. I think I pretty much said that when I was explaining them. But Edward Furlong mm-hmm. is my favorite John Connor. Oh. For sure. Oh, for sure. Looking back, I mean, I mean, it's been quite a while. I mean, I know I've seen this um, since we were together, but who else has played John Carter? Uh, Nick Stahl. Nick, that's what that was. Who was his name? Nick Stahl. Yeah, I really enjoyed Edward Furlong. I like the whole vibe of this movie with like just a boy and his robot, and he's like teaching him handshakes and stuff. I just love that. Yeah, oh, that, that that was a great dynamic, and I hate to sound like a broken record, but it lends itself to the how how important comedy is 
to a movie, even a serious action movie like this, you know, the, the, those are some things that really do stand out. Christian Bale also played John Connor. Jason Clark. Yep, I'm there right now. Thomas Decker. I like I liked I liked um John Connor in the TV series. At least I remember liking him. I'm actually rewatching it, so I'll let I'll let you know. But yeah, Nick Stahl. I don't remember what Nick Stahl was in. Nick Stahl was in Disturbing Behavior, I believe. Hey, that's on our list. I'm pretty sure that's yeah. what he was in. He was in The Man Without a Face. He was in Bully. All right. Just, you know, one of those one of those 90s darlings. Disturbing behavior is the only one I remember him from and him being John Connor. I liked disturbing behavior. Oh, I guess he was in Sin City also. The first one? Yeah. Huh. Edward Furlong. I liked him a lot. Yeah, no, he, he he was hilarious in Detroit Rock City. That was a good movie. Oh, I forgot he was in that. How could you forget he was in that? Because I don't think of it as 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 much as I love Kiss. I, it, it, when I think of when I think of Edward Furlong, aside from Terminator Two, you know what I think of? The Crow. He, he was in, in the Crow. He, he was in like the third one. I I that 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 no. Yeah, he was in the one from. Oh no, I'm not. I'm not arguing with you. Actually, no. I think yes, it was. I, am. I think it was like the third one. <laughs> um, no, brain scan. Do you remember brain scan? Um, it sounds familiar. We'll 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 have we'll have to do we'll have to do brain scan. Um, that that that's a it's a unique movie. I'm I'm not even gonna. I'm just gonna say it's a good one, and and we'll we'll have to watch it and discuss it. You know, back back to John Connor, I thought it was so cool. But again, I was what I say I was seven when this movie came out. Movie came out in ninety one, so seven or eight. Um, and I thought it was so cool. I wonder if I'll still think he's cool. Yeah, I don't know. I'm really looking forward to watching this. Uh, I I really really liked it, and like I said, it's a well loved movie. It's. I will be able to say this and be perfectly true. So many memorable characters. Right. I mean, uh, you know, the Terminator, John. Sarah Connor. Sarah, Miles Dyson, the T-1000. That's enough. (gasps) You know who else is in this? Who? Xander Berkeley. I don't know who that is. Xander Berkeley. That guy. Who's that guy? Is he from 24? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's from 24. He was also in Candyman. Uh, he, he was in a bunch of stuff. Uh, there, there he is in Terminator. He played John's uh, foster dad. Right. Who gets right, that. Right. <laughs> yep, he yep, does. He does. Worst, you know, that, that'll teach him for drinking out of the carton. If you know, you know. Yeah. So so yeah, I I am perfectly justified in saying that this movie is is chock full of memorable characters. It's full of memorable scenes. It it, I mean, it's not a masterpiece, not in you know the the pretentious arty sense of the word, but it it's a cinematic treasure. At least I think it is. I agree. Now. 
like I said, you know, as much as I love this movie, as much as you like or love this movie, I'm not going to speak for you on that aspect of it. IMDb, it's an 8.6 out of 10, 93% on Rotten Tomatoes, 75% Metacritic. But as we have found out in previous episodes, just because we like this movie doesn't mean that everybody else does. So we're going to hear from some of those people. Like Jaden from Amazon says, I want a refund. This movie is cheesy. It was a ripoff. It was now, a ripoff of um, Terminator. Well, this is done in rip. 2021. Do they think it's a ripoff of Matrix? I, I don't know. What, the, do they think I mean, it's what a, is it a ripoff it, of? Is it a ripoff of the Sarah oh Connor my, Chronicles? Oh my gosh. I, I you know, I saw I saw this movie, it's Terminator 2, okay? Alright? And it was such a ripoff of Terminator Salvation. That that was not very useful, Jaden. Please uh just keep scrolling. Um, I think it's John Z from Metacritic gave it uh, 2 out of 10 so if we divide that by 2 that equals a 1 out of 5 from watching this movie I thought the graphics were expletive and that they could they could have done better with the ending it's just them distorting the chips in liquid that completely <laughs> does not look like actual melted metal so Pipe bomb. What does that mean? Um, they're they're saying something outrageous that everybody needed to hear. So like, drop the mic. Yeah, pretty much. I have never heard that before. Um, CM Punk dropped a pipe bomb, but we're not gonna get into that. This is not gonna be Once Upon a Tangent podcast tonight. But I do have one thing to say to John C, and that is, hey, Dingus, computer chips are not made of metal. So, why don't you just hold on to that pipe bomb? Yeah. Woo, drop the mic. (laughs) (laughs) Waiting in vain. I I, I feel like this deserves some sad music. So, it's just another Hollywood explosion movie. Yes, this movie has everything you expected. But is it necessarily as good as it is made out to be? The answer is a resounding no. These movies these days seem to be a dime a dozen. Add a big name, add some crazy ridiculous storyline, and add a few million in special effects, and that equals Hollywood success these days. Great movie if you don't want to think about anything, or if you're upset and need to see a bunch of explosions. Arnold is everything he is cut out to be. Big and strong. And a terrible actor. (laughs) Mm -hmm. The movie is worth a watch, but this cult phenomenon that has arisen from this movie is kind of ridiculous to me. I'd like to see movies that have more thought in them than Terminator 2 start to get rewarded. I mean, he's not wrong. I think he's asking too much out of Terminator 2. Yeah, but I mean, right when he said, you know, it's great if you've got nothing, like, if you don't want to think about serious things that are bothering you. Well, duh, dude. Why else do I want to go sit around and watch a movie? Like, I want to be entertained, (laughs) do I not? 
I don't want to be laying there or sitting there thinking like how sad I am about something that happened or like how bad or like serious I am about other things going on in my life. I want to watch the movie. <laughs> this is great for that. I I'm going to take this personal. Yeah. I'm I am going to take this personal. You know why? Why? Because this is not a one-star review of Terminator 2. It's a one-star review of Hollywood. No, it's a one-star review of people that love Terminator 2. I don't think so. Well, we'll just have to agree to disagree. I guess so, but... His... What do you guys think? Is this a review of us or of the movie? Um, is is Waiting in Vain right? Are they wrong? I think Arnold is a terrible actor. But he's so big and strong. <laughs> yes, yeah, true on all parts. So, all who, points. All right, who would win in a fight? Arnold or Tim Capello? Well, is Arnold... The Terminator? No, he's a uh, he, honey. No, Arnold is, is <laughs> he's he's a he's a human being, flesh and blood. Oh, <laughs> <Okay>. all right. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know anything about the saxophone man. Just that he has a saxophone and muscles, and and that he still believes. Yep. <laughs> Does he believe he could fight Arnold and win? Tim I don't Capella, know. Do you? Let us know. <laughs> Simpatico. All right. Th this is the last one. Uh, director 031 from IMDb. One out of ten. I, I, I just... I got to do something a little different. But... It's one of my personal least favorites of all time. This is a terrible, terrible movie. Let's start with the script. It is lame. It does not feature one great line. Whoa there, buddy. Not one great line. Not one. Not a single great line. Katie, can you think of one single great line from this movie? Uh, how about all of you back? <laughs> Go with me if you want to live. Yeah. And if you really want to shine them on, it's hasta la vista, baby. baby. Shall I continue? Yeah, continue. Next, the special effects. These are these are all good and fine, but stuff blowing up does not a movie make. <laughs> well, no, there's also great lines. <laughs> there's, you know, a story, a script, actors. <sighs> I'm not even halfway through this review, by the way. The emotion, this, this movie is in no way touching or anything else like that as the back cover would make you believe. The plot? This is some kind of plot, but mostly it's just there so that we can get to the special effects. And finally, the acting. The acting is atrocious. The John Connor, the John O'Connor, <laughs> John O'Connor, is so amazingly bad that I muted this movie every time he started talking. A high-pitched kid swearing and trying to act big and bad is the last thing I am entertained by. Arnold Schwarzenegger <laughs> and John O'Connor's mother put on performances. Not quite as bad as the kid, but close. I do not see how anyone could like this movie, but apparently some people do. 
They can have their opinions, but I personally believe that there is not a single redeeming value about this film. Um, Obviously, he wasn't touched by the boy and his robot. I, I've got one question. What's that? Director 013. Who hurt you? It's his personal least favorite. He has a list of movies that he hates and this is this is one of his this is like one. this is like one of his favorites he, on he, his list of movies he hates. This is not a one out of ten review. This is number one out of the list of his ten top hated movies. You just made the list. <laughs> But, but yeah, I mean, the the fact that, I mean, yeah, again, it's not Shakespeare. It's not Grandma's Boy. <laughs> so clearly. <laughs> Grandma's Boy. Yeah. That's a good one. As always. <laughs> um, that's that's we, a movie that I would, if I'm like, just trying to zonk out and not. You know, just it's like a movie that you put on just to be entertained. Be entertained by. I don't know what these people want. What do you people want? What do you want? <laughs> so I want a list of his favorite movies, and I want to know what those are. I want to know this guy's top movie. I bet it's like pretentious art films. I bet it's something he the- directed. Since his name is Director 031. My films are so good. They're my top five. (laughs) Just like how I'm one of my favorite rappers. Yeah. (laughs) Oh my goodness. Yeah, but you're not on the internet writing one-star reviews for other rappers. That's bold bold of you to presume that I'm not. Maybe he is. Maybe he is. Um, Rapper zero three one, <laughs> one star reviews. <laughs> oh man, uh, uh. But, but there's so much to unpack here. John O'Connor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But if you really don't have to shine them on, <laughs> why would you even? Put, all right, if the if the movie was. So, like the acting was just so atrocious so atrocious that you had to mute an actor every time he spoke when he's one of the biggest actors in the film wouldn't you just shut off the movie maybe like not watch the whole thing clearly not I I really believe that this person was seriously seriously hurt by somebody john o'connor and john o'connor's mother but not so much her it's all right these people are wrong (laughs) (laughs) so just sit there and be wrong in your wrongness yeah yeah Mm -hmm. no these are these are these are one one out of Ten people. I mean, I don't think this movie's a masterpiece or anything, but I do no. find it very enjoyable. And 
like I said probably three or four times so far, why would you watch a movie if it's not to just like entertain you and suspend your disbelief? Yeah, and it's like why would you want to sit and watch a movie and be worrying about something that happened at work or Yeah, I'm 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 not, I'm not going to sit down and watch Terminator 2 and and overanalyze the the underlying message of the movie. But you know what we are going to do? We are going to overanalyze the crap out of these one-star reviews. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, baby. <laughs> are you are you saying that we're overanalyzing it right now? Yeah, we've been talking about it for like 10 minutes. Well, I was I was about to get get out of it. Yeah. Oh, I thought we could go for another 10 minutes. <laughs> All right, good because I have I have three more pages. Hold on. <laughs> Um, okay, so there are, um, there are two more reviews. You're pointing at me. What? Yeah, the next one's our review. This movie is terrible. Make Zootopia 2. <laughs> oh, gosh. Oh. Now, we, we've, we've got two more reviews to do. Ready? Looking back, what would you rate this movie? Out of ten. I'm gonna give it a six again. I just stick with... It's a safe number. I just stick with six. You, you know, it's really funny that we that we even do this. I, I I like doing it because sometimes the number changes, and I think that's interesting. Well, mine but, always changes by the end, usually. But we're it, it's not like we're watching movies. It's not like I'm gonna be like, it's a two. Right, but, but that could potentially happen. I'm not gonna give it a two after talking about how much I love it for you know. 20 to 30 minutes. Yeah, but then when you rewatch it, if it sucked, well, then I'll give it I would two. hope you would give it a two. Even oh, if yeah, you just no, spent, absolutely. you know, 40 minutes talking about how much you love it. <laughs> if it sucks, it sucks. Yeah, I'm going to come come back and so rewatchability, no. Uh, well, yeah. I mean, like, perfect example with the craft. Yeah. I just recently rewatched it and I was like, these girls are not as likable as I remember. So, so you mean, you mean we talked about the craft? We did. I think that was on episode two. Episode two of Once Upon a Movie Podcast. Yeah, that's right. And you can find it on our website, onceuponamoviepodcast.com. Just click the three lines and click podcast and listen to the episodes there. Or you can copy the RSS feed to your favorite podcast listening service I'm, I'm gonna say this is an easy seven for me uh i i really like it like i like i said before i've, I've got some core memories like i can specifically remember walking down the aisle um and like at the concession stand at the movie theater in hamilton ohio with my dad um to see it so you know core memory great movie uh i, I mean again it's not a cinematic gem, but it's a cinematic treasure. So that said, let us know what you think of Terminator 2. Let us know what you think of any movie. We want to hear from you. Again, you can find us at onceuponmoviepodcast.com. So grab your popcorn. We'll see you on the other side. Three billion human lives ended on August 29th, 1997. The survivors of the nuclear fire called the War Judgment Day. They lived only to face a new nightmare, the war against the machines. And we are back. 
You're going to have to rage against those machines. <laughs> we are. <laughs> With a pocket full of shells. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I've, you know, and there's one thing that I have learned in, in watching just the, the in, entire franchise, both the movies and, and the show, um, is that those Terminators, they, they will certainly rally around your family. <laughs> <laughs> Um. So yeah, how about that? How about that Sarah Connor sound clip? She was way, way off. Cause here we are in 2022, and still no, no Terminators, no human resistance. Well, yeah. Let's hopefully it stays that way. <laughs> uh, although, although AI is is taking great leaps and strides. I and- really like movies that are dystopian you know our future is bleak like i enjoy those movies but i always end up feeling afterwards like oh couldn't this really happen though like it gives me like a feeling fear like those are scarier to me than you know ghost movies stuff like that well monster movies you you say that and and I just think to myself yes until you're up at two three in the morning down some click hole convinced we are headed that, towards that dystopian future does not take much convincing really <laughs> I mean uh, to you and anything really stick out and oh my gosh it? now it's fresh in our memory yeah it, you know we've been watching it for the past week you said. Any memorable scenes and like my mind just went blank. But as we watched the movie, I was like, seriously, I didn't even think of the crouching naked people. Let's, <laughs> I could, I could go, you know, make a piece of artwork of a naked crouching person in a street, just like lit up by the headlights of a car and scorched earth around them and you would know people would be like oh that's totally like from terminator absolutely you know it's it's a very iconic (laughs) thing from these movies yeah no it it, as far as entrances go terminators have have it down i mean they've the got... next time i have to make an entrance somewhere i know how i'm doing it yeah you know gone is my original plan of just tolling the undertaker spell whenever i walk into somewhere <laughs> <laughs> you just put that on your phone and here comes brad into stop and shop <laughs> to pick up some groceries <laughs> but no really uh um you're absolutely right. That that is completely memorable. I there were a lot of things that stood out to me that though I didn't bring them up as memorable, looking back on them, they are things that just consistently stand out to me. One of the things that is an example of that is early in the movie when John teams up with the Terminator and he tells him you, you can't go around killing people. I don't think he kills a single person throughout the rest of the movie. Yeah, you never noticed that. Oh no, I have I have noticed that before, but 
it it's just it becomes a bit of a running gag if you will well somebody needed to have a talk with him because he did everything so just like everything he did was attracting so much attention and he could have just easily not done those things <laughs> and been very <laughs> inconspicuous like trying to blend in yeah <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, no, it, it's, you, you did say that during the movie, how he is so robotic and, and empty and just devoid of emotion. And, and that's, you know, part of the appeal of the Terminator, but in comes the T-1000 who does a far better job blending in. Yes. That's what I was saying. You could see that was exactly like, you could see the difference in technology between the two Terminators. But throughout the movie, he gets much better because... ICPU is a neural net processor, a learning computer. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) He got better, and the other one got worse. Well, I think you mentioned that when we watched that, and this is my thought. He's really good when he's looking for John Connor. He needs to find him. You know, yeah. that's the first part of his mm-hmm. mission. But once he finds him, yeah, he just it's ne- over. He just yeah. needs to get him. It doesn't matter. Yeah, yep. absolutely. But no, um, Robert Patrick did a bang up job playing the T one thousand. He he, yeah, uh, him and his baby face. <laughs> they. All are so baby faced. Oh my I mean, gosh, Edward Furlong. Ed- He's a baby. One thing that we didn't mention that we noticed when we first started it, this was his first movie. Right. This is his Yeah, also I had to look up how old he was or how old John Connor No. I don't know if I looked up how old John Connor the character was or if I looked up how old Eddie Furlong was that year. I think that's what I did. So I'm not sure how old the character is supposed to be, but I was surprised that he was 14. I thought Eddie Furlong looked about, I don't know, what did I say, 11? Yeah. He yeah. looked like a sixth grader. Yeah, no, he, he certainly doesn't in this picture here. Uh, <laughs> if you want to know what we're talking about, just look up. Uh, well, he's 44, so. Yeah, look up Eddie Furlong's uh, There's Wikipedia. a reason he doesn't the, look 14. The top, top picture, that's what we're talking about. A lot less baby-faced, but. You know, still adorable in a in a grunge kind of way. Everything about this movie, I think, was uh, kind of like what I said about Fifth Element. It was crafted. It was it was well put together. Great yeah. acting, uh, great effects, great music. Um, well, I, I say great music, but I can think of two songs, and one is in the scene that stood out to me before I watched it, was the the bar scene when Arnold... What song is playing? George Thorogood, Bad to the Bone. It's just, it's just perfect. I mean, it's, is it cliche? Yes. Is it perfect? Also, yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then there's one other song. There's one other song that I remember from the movie that really stand out and... What I specifically remember is it playing in the background when um, 
I don't even remember John Connor's friend's name, but you know, he was played by Budnick. Uh, and they're working on his dirt bike, and, and you hear Axel just, you know, singing in the background. Just that vocal lick, and I'll leave you lying on the bed. I I just I I I, I don't know. It, it 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 to me is part of what makes the scene. You know, like this badass kid with this butt. And and again, I was seven at the time. So to me, John Connor was like this cool older kid. No, he was. <laughs> yeah, he was. And now now you know, looking back, he's he's. Cool he's, little kid. He's a cool little baby. <laughs> he's he's a cool baby boy. Um, but yeah, just th- those those were some great songs. So I guess it was. It's not like it's chock full of great music like some of the other movies that we've visited in our show. But what music it does have, it, you know, it stands on its own. You know, did you, did you like that song? Yeah, I like Guns N' Roses. Yeah. But I didn't even remember that song being in the movie. Oh, really? None of the songs. You said that, and I can't even think of any of the music from the movie. The stuff that sticks out in my mind are just scenes. Normally, I would notice the music in a movie. I don't know. Maybe just the the content of Sarah's dreams just... That's what took over everything. Oh man, yeah. Sarah's <laughs> dreams were—they were intense. Yeah, that's that's some um, that's some disturbing stuff. You know, I think they did a good job with that because uh, when when Linda Hamilton signed on to do the sequel. You know, she didn't want she 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 wanted Sarah's character to evolve. She didn't want to be this, you know, helpless waitress who's being, you know, protected by you know th- this this yeah. soldier guy. Yeah. Um. I mean, really, though, in the first one, she's she yeah, you know, she's she's a damsel in distress. She didn't want that for Sarah, and. and they By did it, golly, they changed her up. They did a good job, though, letting that, um, like her vulnerability, come through. Sometimes, um, uh, can you think of anything specifically? Um, after she went to kill Mason, like she started crying. Miles, she started crying in, uh, John's arms. Mm-hmm. But I know there was a couple other times too. That's just the one that's sticking out of my head right now. Well, one other scene that I was thinking of was the one where um, Kyle Reese comes to visit her in a dream. Yes, 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 yes. Uh, and that's why I was asking because that actually wasn't in the theatrical cut. That was an extra scene, which that too, and that was in the beginning. So they um. The the scene with Kyle Reese, you know, I, I definitely see why they cut it, but it's funny because it is very important because that that um that that is the scene that introduces the phrase uh, uh no fate but what we make ourselves. Yeah. He uh he doesn't say that in the first one. Right. Um and without that scene, 
you only really hear it mentioned by John after he sees her that she had carved no fate into that picnic table. Mm-hmm. I think that that's the only time I I heard that phrase. She may have said it. That's what she took off. Yeah, but speaking of Miles, Miles was one of my favorite characters. Um, I'll get into it in a sec. What about you? Looking back, who is your favorite character on on the rewatch now that you're you're a grown up? John. Still. Mm-hmm. Yeah. John. John's cool. And, and what do you think of John? now like as a grown-up as a mother you know is is he's a good boy he is a good boy mm-hmm. he needs a hug um you know we kind of went went off on a bit of a tangent as you know, we we are wont to do um when i was looking through the trivia i did find out um Edward Furlong immediately got along with Arnold Schwarzenegger. As the young actor had grown up without a father figure, and Schwarzenegger could fill that role both in front and behind the camera, And Linda Hamilton joked that she experienced excruciating moments when she was forced to listen as Schwarzenegger gave Furlong advice about women and stated that they did so well together because they were emotionally the same age. <laughs> so he was... <laughs> 14. <laughs> <laughs> I um I want to know what Arnold Schwarzenegger's advice on women is. That and I want to hear him give it because I think it would be do a bunch of roids, get real big. They'll <laughs> love you. <laughs> don't do roids, kids. Okay. Don't look at my screen. I'm not all right, we're gonna go through. Uh, we're, we're just gonna bang through this trivia, and then we'll we'll t- talk about some more stuff because I do have a question to ask you after the last or before the last piece of trivia. But um, how about Robert Patrick's running? That was some, some pretty intense running. Running. <laughs> uh, it turns out Robert Patrick trained in a rigorous running regimen while breathing only through his nose in order to be able to appear. At to run at high speeds without showing fatigue on film. Alright? Check this out. He had trained so hard that he was able to catch up with Edward Furlong on his dirt bike with great ease. So he had to slow down considerably. James Cameron apparently actually cast a real Terminator. (laughs) (laughs) How fast did his dirt bike go? Yeah, how fast... was was Furlong, jo- you know, was he like messing with him? <laughs> yeah, he's oh. like, oh, I am so fast. <laughs> was, 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 is Furlong like, you know, like the dad that'll, you know, hang back so his little daughter can win the race? <laughs> like, like, oh, this is, he's like, this is as fast as I can go. <laughs> but no, I, I, I just thought that was kind of. That that was an interesting. Sorry, I lost my headphones there for a second. Ah. <laughs> um, Carol Co. Studio executives were nervous and concerned when the original budget of seventy-five million ballooned up to eighty-eight million. And then what did we say? It ended up being a hundred and two that they spent on it. Yeah. Um, with more to come. So you know, clearly. 
in order to keep the budget manageable, they proposed to eliminate a few scenes. Okay? Particularly the opening biker bar scene, which... It's how he gets his clothes. You couldn't do that. Uh, again, you know, though I didn't mention it, uh, I didn't mention it before really because we just kind of ran out of time and I it slipped my mind. But I, it's in my notes. Um, yeah, that scene, it, it's crucial. Uh, so they tried to get Arnold to persuade James Cameron to remove that scene, but Schwarzenegger turned them down saying, only a studio guy would cut a scene out like that. Which, I mean, yeah, they, they don't see the big picture. You know, they're not part of the art. And that movie, I mean, the movie would be great without that scene, but it would not be what it is without that scene. He wouldn't have his iconic outfit. You know, speaking of that scene, there was just some random woman that walked into the bar while they were filming who didn't, who just thought it was like a regular bar and they were open for business, you know, dis- despite there being a giant blockbuster film crew around, but I digress. <laughs> and aren't first, I'm sorry to spoil this for you, but Arnold was actually wearing boxers in that scene. Boxers? Yeah. Mm. So when she, when she said, commented about him just <laughs> standing there in his boxers, he told her that she had showed up on male stripper night. <laughs> Which, uh, I don't know what, how much you remember about Terminator 3, but that, that scene in Terminator 3, he walks into a bar during Male Stripper Night. I don't remember that, but now I'll remember it when I see it again. Most of Edward Furlong's voice had to be redubbed by Furlong. Why? Um, because it changed during shooting. So his young voice is left intact only in the scene where he and the Terminator are talking about why people cry because James Cameron wanted it to sound dramatic and thought it was better if he left it intact. I also Is that the scene where it cracked? Uh, maybe. Maybe. I'm so glad they left that in there. There was... um. Also, he went through so many growth spurts. I, I think it, I saw it took like eight months of filming that um, I think in the scene in the desert when he's standing next to uh, Sarah Connor, mm-hmm. um, he, he is standing in a hole to maintain con- continuity in the height difference between them. Wow. It's wild to make movies as a child. <laughs> <laughs> it's wild to be making movies with a child, apparently. Could you imagine having to... You know, just think of things like that on the spot. Like, here, I gotta dig this hole. Get in. <laughs> <laughs> All right, there we go. Uh, for early promotion of the movie, media material avoided showing Arnold together with John Connor in order to hide the fact that Schwarzenegger played a good Terminator this time. Uh, later trailers and pictures would reveal that he would not play the bad guy in this movie. Uh, which actually brings me to another thing. When we were watching this, in the description, did you notice it said it was uh, one of AFI's top 10 sci-fi movies of all time? No. Which got me thinking, you know, I wonder what other sci-fi movies Davey Havoc likes. (laughs) 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 Ba-dum-ba. 
No. I didn't even know what to say. Um, <laughs> no, uh, uh, AFI, American Film Institute. And this, char- this specific character, Arnold Schwarzenegger... Now, there, there, there are many actors in the world who are on various AFI lists. Um, there's two lists in particular, uh, greatest heroes and greatest villains of, you know, movies. You know, so there's some actors that are on both lists because, you know, they play a great hero character and then a great villain character. Um, Al Pacino is one of them. Uh, there are some people that are on the list multiple times, but Arnold Schwarzenegger is the only person that is on both lists playing the same character. Hmm. Interesting. I, 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 I see. And this is the value that we bring to you listeners. It's just great information like that. You know, gone are trivial things like bank passwords and the ability to drive. And replaced are things like Arnold Schwarzenegger is on the greatest heroes and greatest villains list from AFI for playing the same character. You're welcome for that. Stay tuned for more. Speaking of Arnold, Arnold Schwarzenegger's $15 million salary and his total of 700 words of dialogue means he was paid $21,429 per word. Okay? Hmm. Hasta la vista, baby. Cost $85,716. Wow. <laughs> That's a lot of money. All right. Did, have, you, have you looked at my computer? Have you seen anything yet? No. Okay. Um, Arnold Schwarzenegger's young daughter screamed the first time she saw his face made up to show the robotics appearing underneath the skin tissue. How old was she? I don't know. Let's pretend she was 40. Yeah, that's what I, uh, I am. That's what I was imagining. <laughs> Grown-ass woman. Mm-hmm, that's what I was picturing. This is, the la- this is what I was trying to lead into, okay? This was a piece of information given to me by Jim R., my boss, who is apparently full of movie trivia. So I'm going to be tapping that resource for for trivia gold for coming episodes did you know that they used twins in this movie no i had no idea okay so what in the children on the playground scene or something yes but not in the way that you thought hold on Mm. you remember this scene in the in the mental hospital yeah this guy he's at he's at i think at the coffee machine these guys are twins oh okay the t1000 yeah also here they are in gremlins all right that's a bust and that's creepy (laughs) the i i don't know what they are in this but, but, do you remember that show, Erie, Indiana? Yeah. Do you remember the episode with the mom with the Tupperware? Yeah. With the twin sons? They're the, they're the that, sons? When they're grown up. Oh, my gosh. Okay. All right. Now, here's the twist, okay? There was not one. There were two sets of twins in this movie. 
Okay. Okay. So knowing that obviously the most likely use of a set of twins is with the T-1000. Where is that other set of twins? I'm trying to think of who else he turned himself into. Don't look at my screen. Did he turn himself into Sarah? I'm sorry? Did he turn himself into Sarah Connor at one point? Yes, he did. There she is. Linda Hamilton's twin sister, Leslie Hamilton. I didn't know she was a twin. Nor did I until Jim enlightened me. Is Leslie Hamilton an actress also? That I don't know too much about, but but remember when I said you were close with Linda's dream sequence? It's the mother. She she that mother was her. Yeah, I know. Yeah. She was looking at herself. Yeah. So that was her sister in the dream sequence. Yeah. With... I just yawned while talking. That's okay. Mm. With hold on. Her child. With Linda Hamilton's child. Oh, okay. Playing Sarah and John Connor. Wow. So how I had no idea. I had no idea, but what a clever way to do those scenes with the T-1000. Do you think that contributed to part of why she was chosen for these movies? Or it just happened to be a bonus that she had a twin? You know, I don't know, because one could argue that she was chosen for Terminator. Terminator 2 didn't come out until years later. But I did read that the T-1000 was supposed to make an appearance in Terminator. Hmm. But the only way James Cameron could think of to do the T-1000 back then was to do, like stop motion claymation with dark lighting and I think he just decided to scrap it because he couldn't do it properly. Right. But uh, then after doing I think The Abyss The Abyss or yeah I think it was The Abyss um, you know he saw that computers were becoming more and more capable so he revisited it for uh, Terminator 2 obviously. Do you think that the fire was real or computer? And what? Well, specifically, the scenes at the playground, like where the playground is burning. And then um, I think there's another scene with maybe some vehicles burning. So I'm just wondering if some of it you think is real or if a lot of it was computer because it looked very real. It looked very good, I thought. Oh, so you don't have an answer for this? No, I'm asking you what you think. That I actually do not know. Um, I thought the smoke and the fire and the smoke looked pretty real. You know, I really don't know if that was real or CGI. I, I think that I would just default to thinking that it was real but now that you raised the question i i do wonder well they spent millions on their effects but i mean the effects in the 90s they weren't great so but right. the fire looked very good 
And, and, I was and, just wondering. But also the practical effects in this movie are great. I mean, the practical yeah. effects... <clears throat> the practical effects are better than CGI ones. As a matter of fact... Uh, even specifically with the T one thousand. Now, when he's when he's pure liquid metal, I mean, he looks cool, like he does, but he looks cartoony. Right. Um, specifically, I remember thinking this in the scene in the Galleria in the in the back corridors when Arnold and Robert Patrick first meet, uh, and you know John's in there. He's like, get down. Yeah. Um. He shoot, he, you know, he shoots Robert Patrick, and he has like the, the liquid metal like, entrance wounds. Yes. Now those were practical effects. Like those, um, you know, if you if you were on the set, he would have just had like these, you know, I'm assuming some sort of polymer, um, or styrofoam. Things that looked exactly like what you saw. Those to me looked awesome. Like I thought that looked really good. But then to combine that with the clip of the wounds closing, and it looks so cartoony. Now, I mean, obviously they couldn't do it practically, and I know. still and like I'm not a major CGI person, but I st- yeah. I thought they did a good job. I mean that that All yeah. I'm I'm typically a lot more forgiving of CGI than you are, um, but. But yeah, I mean, but again, this movie came out, what, 91? Mm-hmm, so, yeah. I mean, this movie is, what, 30 years old now? Yeah. So, it's very. Yeah, for 30, they, they definitely hold up for 30 year old effects. I mean, I've seen. Yeah, oh, yeah. Like. That must have been cutting edge. It, it absolutely was. So, you know, I think we've had a decent. A decent conversation about this movie um was you know was was there anything in there that you forgot about that you remember watching now things that may have stood out characters lines uh subtleties well like the way that terminators enter the time period um that all came rushing back uh yeah, um, I don't know. I remembered a lot about the movie, but when I'm put on the spot, my brain just... You know one question that that I, I posed while we were asking the movie? Uh, Ar- Arnold is talking about, you know, how Judgment Day came to be, uh, and he's giving dates for when things happened, like a, a, a timeline. Yeah. And he says, you know, at this point, at this point, Skynet became self-aware. Mm-hmm. The humans freaked out. They tried to pull the plug, and in an act of self-defense, that's when Skynet loses its ever-loving mind and launches all the nukes. And that's when Judgment Day happens, and that's when you know it turns into this dystopian future. So, in the future, the human resistance sends Kyle Reese back to save Sarah Connor um, and then later sends the T-800 back to protect John Connor from the T-1000. Did anybody in the human resistance think to travel back in time and say 
go to the Cyberdyne Systems building and be like, you know what? You might not want to pull that plug. You know, things right. might be cool. You know, would things be cool? I mean, if they had not pulled that plug, would we just be living in it? Do we live in the alternate timeline where they didn't pull the plug? And instead of having, you know, T-800s running around and, you know, dealing with all of this apocalyptic stuff, instead of that, we have Google and Netflix and self-driving cars Maybe we're living that timeline. What do you think? That's why, yeah. we, that's why we got Google. That's why we got Google. And, you know, I don't know what we would do without Google. Certainly wouldn't have all this wonderful information about Terminator 2. <laughs> we wouldn't have that's Prime true. Video for us to watch it on. And we wouldn't have the internet to put this show on. So what would you rate this movie? You still live a six? Did you like it about the same? Was it better? Worse? Yeah, like a seven or an eight. Yeah, yeah. Breaking news, everybody. Katie enjoyed it more this time round. I did. It, it it really is. It's a good movie. I mean, absolute. How can you not love a story about a boy and his robot? <laughs> you know, it, on so many levels. I mean, seriously, how could you not love that story? Uh. Baymax, um, what other stories? Uh, AI, um, AI is not a story about a boy no. and his robot. No, AI. Don't get me started on AI. I promise you guys, we will do an episode on AI because I have oh my strong, God. my heart strong is breaking. Thinking about AI. AI. Um, spoiler alert. AI is one of the few movies that not only made me cry, but made me cry multiple times. Such a good movie. Um, All right, not a boy and his robot. Anyway. Hold on. Um, Real Steel? No. That's... Iron Giant? Iron Giant. Yeah, not Real Steel. Well, that was about a boy and well, his yeah. robot. Here, so here I have I have it on Google. Uh, I I googled boy and his robot movies. So Real Steel, right Giant. there, baby. Real, yeah, that is a boy and his robot. Yes. Yeah. Astro Boy, although that boy is, is the a robot. robot. Um, Flight of the Navigator. Uh, that flight. Okay. Flight of the Navigator. That was an um, an eighties movie that this boy discovers. Uh, a spaceship and it's like sentient that was that was a good one if you don't remember it we'll have to do it for a special uh, like a bonus episode because that is a really fun one and really popular i've never seen zathura click more whoa there's lots more ai is on there but it's not a boy and his robot it's a boy um, it's a boy and robot a... and his other robot friend jude law right it and a bear. Meet the Robinsons, that kind of... <sighs> but it's a robot, not a boy. It's a boy robot. So technically, I see why you're having the conflict. Because it's not a human boy and his robot. It's a robot and other robots and a toy bear robot. <laughs> that's it's a... all robots. <laughs> that's not a boy and a robot. That's a boy in a robot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> God, that movie. Okay. Eh. Um, Mitchell's in the Machines, kind of. No. No? They weren't friends with robots, were they? 
um yeah they had the the hacked robots that mm, oh that, yeah right yes there, they right did there, yes see? they right did there. yes they did that was a good one i liked that movie that, that was mitchell's versus the machines it's a good one but yeah the, the whole boy and his robot premise is is classic and yep. this is certainly oh wait what about a classic boy and his robot story star wars yeah so yeah, uh, you you gave it a seven, yeah, or, seven an or an eight. I don't even remember what I gave it, but I feel like I probably gave it a seven or eight at at first. Would you give it that now or change yeah, your score? You know what? I, I'm uh, yeah. I liked it. Like I I really liked it. And and again, I, I've said it before. I'll set it again. I'm not doing movies that I don't like on this show. Uh, although maybe we should. That might be an interesting take where we just watch something and just tear it apart um you watch something and see if you like it now Ooh, that would be interesting that mm-hmm. would be interesting but yeah back to terminator 2 um you know going into it i knew that it was something that i was going to enjoy um oh me too and and i really thought we needed to do an action movie yeah, I'm I'm kind of liking this this action, this action theme. I wonder what we'll do next. I don't know, but we'll let you guys know when we figure it out. So yeah, Katie, Katie and I both give it a seven or an eight. Um, so I, I guess I'll just commit and I'll say a seven point five. Guys, as always, let us know what you think of Terminator Two. What are some of your favorite moments? Some of your favorite lines? Uh, favorite characters? Which is your favorite Terminator? And I don't just mean which which uh, version, but I mean the movies themselves. Which ones? Like, are you a bigger fan of the original? Or are you a bigger fan of T2? Because, I mean, some people have a preference. And there are other Terminator movies as well. There's Terminator 3, Rise of the Machines, Terminator Salvation, Terminator Genesis, Terminator Dark Fate. Terminator the television show, Sarah Connor Chronicles. If you guys haven't seen Sarah Connor Chronicles, right now um, it's streaming on Hulu. If you have Hulu, check it out. To me, it's definitely a good watch. Yeah, it was good. Um. Yeah, and uh, Bert from Raising Hope is on it. Yep, and so is Shirley Manson from Garbage. Yep, and uh, Lena was Lena Headley plays Cersei Lannister. Oh yeah, yep, yep. So yeah, that that's a good show, at least to me. If you if you hate it, don't don't blame me. You just go write like a one star review about it. Yeah, write a one star review of it and send it to us. Um, meanwhile, yeah, you can find everything having to do with us where, Katie? At onceuponamoviepodcast.com. Can you find our episodes there? You can. Can you find our socials? Yes. Can you find a contact form? Yes, you can. And with that contact form, you can let us know your thoughts on movies. You can send us movie suggestions. If there's a movie that you want us to do... Find some good one-star reviews of it, you know, and, and, you know, help us out. We love cranking out more content for you, and we are going to have an announcement in the next couple weeks. Uh, so stay tuned for that. Until then, we are Once Upon a Movie Podcast. 
We're going to grab our popcorn, we're going to visit some memorable characters, and we're going to bid you adieu. Once Upon a Movie Podcast, out. Bye. Hasta la vista, baby. Well, is Arnold the Terminator? No, he's a, uh, he, honey, no, Arnold is, is <laughs> he's, he's a, he's a human being, flesh and blood. Oh. <laughs> <Okay>. All right. <laughs>